Pastor George here. I wanted to take a second and thank you for checking out our online messages. Our prayer is that this resource will challenge you, encourage you, and empower you as you uh, dig deeper in your relationship with Christ. But in no way will it replace God's plan for your active involvement in a local church. I do want to take a second and ask you to uh, prayerfully consider as you participate and listen to this resource, partnering with Revive as we uh, pursue our mission of seeing people live their fullest life in Christ. You can do this by going online to revivechurchga.com backslash give and making a one-time donation or setting up a recurring gift. It's through the generosity of others that we're able to provide um, a resource like this one. With that being said, uh, I do want to thank you again, and here is today's message. said to the other guy he said hey man I bet you ten dollars that you do not know the Lord's Prayer the other guy said well I accept that challenge because I know the Lord's Prayer so he begins he says now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep and should I die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take the other guy looked at him and he said Man, he gave him the $10. I did not realize that you knew the Lord's prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word, and we thank you, God, for what you're going to do today. I pray that this word will be planted in our hearts and that it would grow and manifest in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. So the scripture that we're going to read, if you want to read with me, you can. It will be on the screen. It's from Matthew 6, 9 to 13, and this is the Lord's Prayer. It goes, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So just a little bit of a summary as to what Pastor George has been speaking about for the past several weeks and what I'm speaking about today, just a reminder. Salvation is not anything that we can earn. It is not anything that we have done, but what Jesus alone has done on the cross. So when we believe we receive Jesus, and with him comes eternal life, for he has prepared a place in heaven for us, but also we have new life on this earth. This is an automatic process. We are now spiritual babies. 
So God then has provided ways for us to grow into mature Christians through a deeper, more intimate relationship with him through what we call means of grace. As an example, you might have heard this song before. If you have not, forgive me that you'll hear it through me singing it for the first time here. So it goes like this. Read your Bible, pray every day. Pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Just for sake here. Who, who knew that song? You all did? Okay, okay. All right. Well, it's that old Sunday school VBS song. It has a good tune to it. But the message is the same message that Pastor George has been speaking about. It's about reading your Bible, praying, fellowshipping with each other, taking communion. These are all means of grace to help us to grow, grow, and grow. So it's no surprise as to what the means of grace that I'll be covering today. It's prayer, right? Yes, prayer. So <laughs> uh, I have a familiar format to you that I'm going to use to talk more about prayer, and that's the who, what, where, when, and why of prayer. There is a how of prayer, how to pray, but because of time, we won't be able to cover that this time. So what is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is seeking or beseeching the Father in heaven in Jesus' name. Beseeching seems like a threatening word, but it means to ask urgently and fervently to do something. So you are asking God, who has more power and ability than you, to take care of the matter. You can seek him for a closer relationship, or you can beseech him for the needs of yourself or for others. So there's three things that I want to dig a little deeper in when it comes to prayer. The first thing that we need to understand when we're praying is that we are praying for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I will say it a little differently. Prayer is commanding what is already done and in the spirit to be manifested on the earth. Ephesians 1.3 says that he has blessed us with every blessing, spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. The work is already done. This is what the saints call praying the word. As an example, for one of the things that Jesus Christ has already done for us, healing. So if you're going to pray the way I'm talking about this prayer, you're going to say, Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for what you have done. I went to the doctor, and he said, blah, 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 right? So, Father, according to your word in Isaiah 53, 5, it says he was wounded from my transgressions. Jesus was crushed from my iniquities. 
The chastisement that brought me peace was upon him, and it's by his wounds that I am healed. So I thank you, Father, that I am healed. I rebuke the lies of the enemy. I rebuke this issue, the situation in my body, and I command wholeness and restoration to my body. This prayer is not a prayer that many saints take hold of because it comes with faith. You must believe what God says over what you feel and what you see. This prayer, it comes with patience. You don't see it right away. It's over a period of time. Yes, there's miracles where it can manifest right away, but it can be some time. This prayer comes with perseverance. That means that as your body may hurt today or tomorrow or the situation is still pressing, you must still press and still pray and thank God and take command over the situation. It may take some time, but you do it until it is fully manifested. The second thing about prayer that we need to understand is that prayer is asking God to reveal his will. Yes, his word is his will, and some things are obvious, but we all sitting here know that not everything about our lives are so clear-cut in the word of God. So we have to ask him to reveal his will. James 1.5, sorry, scripture's not really here, says, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So I have a story about Brother Billy. He doesn't attend this church or any church that I know of, okay? So Brother Billy... He did something that, you know, we would kind of condemn him for. The point is that he knew that it was God's will to get married. Since he was in college, he knew that God called him to get married. So he's been dating multiple women to the point that now he's in a dilemma not the one that you and I are thinking of or would think of. The dilemma is he doesn't know which one to choose. He's in love with both of them. So now he takes the matter to God. I will get back to Brother Billy. So in May of 2017, I was working at a different bank. And so the FDIC police, they came in and shut the bank down. Not for anything that we have done wrong, it's just we were not as profitable as we should be. So it was a risk to the customer's dollars. So I did what everyone else, they were doing. I applied at other places. So I applied at three different banks. Two of the banks who was Region and Regents and SunTrust, now Truist, they, they called me in for an interview and another interview, and now I was waiting for a recruiter to call. Again, this was May, now it's July. So of course, frustration is starting to, to build up here. So I went to the Lord in prayer. You know, like Brother Billy, I have two to choose from. I'm waiting for the call, I believe they will call. And so I, this time when I went to prayer, I just listed out what I was looking for. I said, okay, well, the the bank that will be for me will have a branch that's within 30 minutes away from my home. The bank, the bank would offer me a position 
starting off with whatever I was ending with money-wise, whatever I was ending with at my last bank. And then likewise, it would be a position with less responsibilities than my last position. So I said, this is how I will know. So not saying this was overnight or the next day, but rather quickly an answer came. I got a call, but it wasn't from the first two banks. It was from the third bank that I applied to. They called me in for an interview, then I went to another interview, and then the recruiter called. She's from the third bank. I, I, was, I wasn't gonna say with Bank of America. You guys probably already know that already. So they offered me then to work at a branch that was 17 minutes away from my home. They offered me the pay was the starting, the starting pay was what my ending pay was at the last bank. And then it was a position that was less responsibility and less work than my last position. So this leads me to the third point about prayer. You do not want to assign time or measure of how God answers your prayer because that would be limiting God. You can be specific in what you are praying for, but do not put measures on God as to how he should answer your prayers. That's, that's why with Brother Billy. Brother Billy, he has two women, but what he should have said is, I wanted a wife who would cook and clean for me and stay home. He wanted a wife who would have babies for me. What prayer does it invokes change in your life by involving God, who not only has more power and abilities to answer those prayers, but he has infinite knowledge of the future. Which means, Brother Billy, five years down the line with these, the first two women, he may encounter an issue because they didn't want what he wanted. Likewise, with me at the bank, thank God I prayed for what I prayed, because who knows what would have happened with the first two banks if they had called me instead. The point is that Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably. Immeasurably means too large, extensive, or extreme to measure. Now to him who is able to do extensively more than all we can ask or imagine. This is another important point. According to his power that's at work within us. So not only is he able to change situations or circumstances, but he also has the power to change you. So the more that you're allowing him to work in you and through you is the more of his power that you are accessing, which then you can change your own situations and your own circumstances. So who can pray? I'm sure all of us can say that we have prayed or can pray, but prayer that is biblically effective is from a person who has right standing with the Father in heaven. We cannot seek him on our own behalf or in our own self-righteousness. 
Because nothing we have done or can do is worthy of God answering. God, if I go to church three Sundays a month for a year, I need you to do this for me. Or, you know, if you do this for me, I'll give you half of my resources. That's called bargaining prayer. It's bargaining with God. Or I guess olden days is bartering. I don't know. Never mind. But the point is, though, there is nothing that you have that God needs or wants. He owns the whole world. Now, if he does answer the prayers, not because he wants what you are offering, it's just because he loves you and he knows you need the thing you're praying for. Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So you're not going to go to Sister Betty or Brother Billy because they are so kind-hearted and they, they give to the poor, they give to the orphanage. That's the fruits of the Spirit working in them. You're going to them if you need prayer and you go to them. It's because they believe in the works of Jesus Christ. They believe in him and what he has done. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's powerful and effective because it's the works of Jesus Christ. And this person believes in Jesus. As a banker, I like to use banker examples. So E.W. Kenyon, he speaks about us as children of God having power of attorney. Power of, of attorney basically means that you have an account and for whatever reason at this time you're unable to handle your finances and pay your bills and things of that nature. So you designate someone you trust to take care of your finances for you. So that's what Jesus has done. He has given us power of attorney over his finished work. He's in heaven, but we're on earth. And so we have the rights to, as power of attorney, to handle whatever is needed for yourself or for someone else using heaven's resources. That's what E.W. Kenyon is saying. Kenneth Copeland says this. He says that God has given you a blank check where Jesus has endorsed it and you can write whatever you need and he will cash it. I would say 90% I agree, 10% no. 10% I don't agree with because just like we talked about earlier, you can't just put, you know, Brother Billy can't put Sister Betty or Sister Jenny, I'm sorry, not Sister Jenny on the pay to the order of because Sister Jenny may not be for Brother Billy, Right? But, but if something that's done through the atoning work of Jesus Christ, if you're not well, Brother Billy can put, pay to the order of, I am healed of heart disease. Memo line, Isaiah 53, by his wounds, I am healed. That check can be cashed by Jesus. So where and when do we pray? You can pray 
anywhere, anytime, and in any situation. People have a place where they feel more connected. There's the altar, you know, you have that, or even like the Catholic Church, you have that serene or peaceful place, and you can just take it to the Lord in prayer. I know for me, any place in my house, I'm pretty much comfortable in just praying. But you have to also be able to pray in rough, tough situations. You know, when it's busy at work or something is pressing in on you, you have to be able to call on Jesus at that time. It's probably when we need it the most, right? So I'll tell you this, in New York, right, when I was younger, I don't know, New York wasn't a place for me to find jobs, so no one really wanted to hire me. But this lady at church, she was nice enough to consider me for something. She said, there's an older lady that needs someone to take her to the doctor and just spend time with her. I was like, okay, that's great, that's wonderful. So this is what I started to do just for a short period of time. And so this day, this particular day, I was supposed to take her to the doctor. So she lives in Bronx. I, I get out the train. I'm walking on her block. And I see coming up the block is this other lady who you can tell was spiritually unsound. Other words of saying, you know, possessed mentally um, or crazy or something like that. So I knew that if me and her met with each other, it might be a bad situation for me more than for her, okay? So I knew I had to get in the house as soon as possible. So I, I moved quickly, I opened the gate, I got to the door, and I started to knock on the door, and knock on the door. What I didn't tell you guys is that, yes, she was older, she didn't remember much, and so she would go to the doctor herself at times. So this was one of those times. She had already left, so I knew that she wasn't going to open this door. She had already gone. At this point in time, all I had to do, I didn't even have to turn, but I knew the lady was already there. So she comes through the gate. There's no way for me to go. <laughs> when somebody says frozen in fear, it's a real thing, okay? Because I'm not a fighter. I'm sure for those who know me by now, I'm not a fighter. And this lady's coming my way. She's all kinds of everywhere. And I froze. But there's a groaning in my spirit. Maybe meaning two different things there. But that's where Romans 8, 26 comes into 28. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit was interceding, not because I knew in that moment he was interceding. I couldn't think anymore. I was frozen. But I knew that he did because in that moment, she couldn't come to me anymore. She was right there. But you can tell, even though I could see her clearly, she couldn't see me anymore. She started to do a familiar movement that you guys would know about. You start to try to go around someone. You would step to the right. And then you would step to the left because the person stepped in front of you. She did that a few times. She was going to the right and to the left. And I know this confirmed that she couldn't see me anymore because she did like this. She was trying to see around whoever was in front of her. Though I could see her clearly, 
She couldn't see me anymore. She threw her hands up in frustration. She turned around and left, and I can hear her voice recede in the distance. That is the grace of God. For the spirit who filled me was living in me. He interceded for me. So finally, why do we pray? We pray because it is a relationship. You might be familiar with this, but if you, you have someone you're really close with, it could be a parent, a mom, a father, it could be siblings, it could be you know, your husband or your wife, or maybe even your children. But you can't help but talk to them. You wanna hear from them. You wanna hear what the day was like, even if you already knew what their day was like. So why would we expect anything different from God. See, in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah 29.11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. But never did he intend for your future to not include him. He wants to hear from you about your day, even if he has seen it already. It creates intimacy with him, and it helps you to be aware of your dependence upon him. In conclusion, we have covered the who, what, where, when, and why of prayer. So even if you remember nothing today, remember this. Just talk to Jesus. It is a means of grace that builds your relationship with the Father in heaven. It costs no money. You can be as honest as you want. You can be as long-winded as you want or short-winded as you want. Day or night, you can call on him and he will answer. He will listen. It is truly for your benefit. In Isaiah 65, 24, I do want us to, as Chris and Jessica comes back up, I do want us to just look at those words and think about it, meditate on it. It says, listen to what the Lord himself tells us about prayer. It will come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Okay. If we can all stand and as they lead in this song here. Father in heaven, we thank you, God, for your word again. We pray there, Lord, that going forward, we can just dig deeper more in either your word, fellowshipping with each other, prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would have your way in our lives, dear God. Make us aware of your presence so that when we pray, dear God, we know that you are listening in Jesus' name.